Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. What's going on, y'all? It's your host, Will, coming back for a new episode of the Hunt Stand Podcast, Field Note Fridays, powered by Yamaha Outdoors and their lineup of ATVs, side-by-sides, and off-road vehicles. We are wrapping up our Hunt Stand Edge series with the sixth and final installment. And on this episode, Josh and I are just wrapping up everything and bringing everything together in one giant melting pot. And so hopefully over the past six weeks, y'all have been able to learn from us and be able to dive into HuntStand more confidently this fall to maximize your time in the woods and be more efficient to get that buck in your crosshairs and get them on your wall and in the fridge, freezer, of course. So again, y'all, we just want to thank y'all for tuning in to the HuntStand podcast. If you haven't yet, make sure you rate, review. It really helps us out. We greatly appreciate it. And if you haven't yet, make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded as of today. We have some new Hunt Stand app features and updates that we want to announce. We now have the very first cellular camera integration that is in full force. And we have partnered up with our friends over at Stealth Cam for the full cellular camera integration. So if you haven't yet, make sure your Hunt Stand app is updated today. You will be able to drop your cameras and look at all your cellular camera images from within hunt stand so you make sure you want to check out that and then also we have updated the sharing capability so you can now share pins markers all the different details and map objects within your hunt areas and hunt areas included on top of that we have a new navigational compass and range finder as well so if you want to check out more about that i am going to drop a link down in the description below so you can see a video on this new update Make sure you got the HuntStand app downloaded. And if you haven't yet, if you only have the free or pro version, upgrade to Pro Whitetail to unlock all the features of HuntStand today. And just speaking on the new updates, these updates are for all HuntStand users, regardless of what tier you are in. So again, y'all, 
Thank you for tuning in this week's episode. Phil Note Fridays powered by Yamaha Outdoors. I'm going to quit talking, and we're going to wrap it up with myself and Josh. Well, man, let's get into the final part of this six-part series that we're dubbing the Hunt Stand Edge. And I really want to get inside Josh Dalkey's brain. Now, I hesitate a little bit when I say that, concerned what I might run into there. <laughs> you got to be careful, dude. If, if you see any... <laughs> Doors off of the side that are locked, just don't don't break them. Don't try to get in. <laughs> yeah, don't want to do that shit. So <laughs> let's get in and kind of. I know you've got to have little nuances, and you might have like a little way that you do something within Hunt Stand, whether that's using 3D mapping, topos, something you're looking at, or just some other tool that Hunt Stand provides that we maybe haven't covered over these past couple of weeks. So is there any other little detail with inside hunt stand that you want to share with the listeners to help up their hunting game, if you will? When it comes to whitetails, how about we call this, this, this concept that I'm going to bring up, which is certainly not my own, but let's call it the dance. Uh, I will continually bring up the whole concept of entry and exit strategies because mm-hmm. they're so easy to overlook, yeah. especially, you know, if you're, if you just, sometimes there's just a spot you really want to hunt and you're going to throw away all your sense and all your knowledge and all your scouting and you're going to go hunt it. And like, we all do it especially if you get in a pinch or if you're on a trip and nothing else is working. Um, so we're all guilty of that at times, but it's, it's usually a waste of time. It's usually a mistake. And when I say the dance with these exit and exit uh, entrance and exit strategies, like one of the things that I obsessively do is I visualize my hunts from beginning to end. So before I step foot out anywhere, no matter what style of hunting I'm doing, if I'm hunting from a stand or a blind, or if I'm going to be still hunting or spot and stock hunting, any of that type of stuff, I'll look at exactly what that approach is going to be that I'm, that I'm considering. And I will go through the whole visual visualization of that process. And I literally do it with hunt stand. So once I'm to that point where I have some spots in mind, I mean, you got, you got to have the spots mm-hmm. before you start to dance. Um, that's when I'll start to really dig into the aerial imagery. I'll dig into the weather forecast. I'll dig into the wind conditions. I'll dig into what time of day I'm going to be hunting, what the, uh, what the cover is going to be in terms of light. Like, you know, if I'm going to be hunting in the morning, how early am I going to go in? Do I want to go in in the dark? Do I want to go in a little bit after it's light, after deer have maybe left an area and I know they're going to a different area? I start visualizing what that dance is going to be. I use the 3D map big time to literally do the, the visual walkthrough of from the time I leave my truck or the time I leave my Yamaha. Like, what is that? What is that route going to look like? And even if I don't end up seeing deer on a sit 
I get great satisfaction in knowing that I did everything in my power to get in there the right way. When I say the right way, it's without a deer ever knowing you were there because that should always be the number one goal. Um, they should they should never know you were there. Yeah. It should be you hunt and you have a deer in your freezer and there's there's no recognition in between. It's that's that's the total I got you like got you moment with it. Like if they never knew you were there and it's super hard to achieve because even if it's uh even if you're buck hunting and not even a specific buck, but if you're if you're buck hunting and you know that you just want to kill a buck of a certain class, well you're going to be tangoing with a bunch of does and fawns too and you can't forget about them because they sure know how to communicate and they oh, sure yeah. know how to set off those red flags. So the goal is to not let any deer know you're there. So with, with that dance, I'll look at a stand and I'll visualize it. And then it comes down to the actual execution on the ground. Like I'll give you one perfectly tangible example. There's a stand that I like to hunt that typically has a bunch of standing corn in between my truck and the stand. And then it's got a perimeter around this field edge that is super easy access. Get in there quietly. I can have minimal ground scent, etc. But depending on what deer I'm trying to hunt, where I think I know that they're coming from and going, sometimes it's better off to walk through the nasty, loud standing corn where I'm, I'm going to be making a bunch of contacts where I'm going to be leaving my ground scent everywhere. But looking at the bigger perspective, I know that the overall impact of that is going to be less than what might appear to be the easier way to get in. Yeah. I know that if I go a hundred yards this way and walk through some nasty stuff to get to where I need to go, there's no, no chance that these deer are going to hear or see me where I think they're at right now. And based on where the wind is going to blow for the rest of the time that I plan on conducting that sit, all that ground set and everything I left out there isn't going to be blowing where I think they're traveling. You're always just trying to make the best guess of where you think they're going to be. And there's going to be some casualties. You know, there's going to be other deer that you don't consider they're, they're going to catch on to you and hopefully they don't tip everybody else off. But like, it's a, it's a very delicate dance, even down to how far you want to take it with scent control. Like I'm a big fan of ozone. I use it pretty religiously. I like to run, run my clothes through ozone before I go hunt. And I like to get dressed in the field so that I'm not picking up any of that extra odor from riding my truck or anything like that. Um, I'll, I like to go out and no matter the time of year, no matter how cold it is, I like to go out in flip-flops and shorts and a t-shirt. I'll shower before I leave. I'll ozone all my all my clothes, my hunting clothes. I'll make sure they ride in the bed of my truck so that they're not in the cab of my truck taking on any additional scent, even if they're in a bag. Yeah. And when I get out there, um, I'll put everything on out in the field. And I like to carry a little mat with me that I set down. So if the ground is cold or wet or muddy or whatever, I can stand on that little mat and I completely strip down get it, get all my, all my gear on. And if I want to take an extra precaution, sometimes I'll spray down and then I'll start that dance trying to get into wherever I'm trying to go. And my goal when I'm doing that is to go full stealth mode. Even if, even if it's like 
even if it feels like it doesn't need to be that dramatic, like why not just take those extra precautions? If you can alert For one sure. last deer in the process, I think it's worth it. It's one less deer that is going to have its senses heightened that you're going to have to worry about. And I'm telling you, man, like they have a sixth sense. They know how to communicate danger with each other. So the the less the less uh, spies you have out there that know that know you're lurking around, the better. So uh, I like to wear rubber boots when I possibly can because typically they take on less scent, less odor. And you know, I mentioned walking through standing corn. I'll do that type of thing if I have to. But ideally, when it comes to ground scent. I high step over as much stuff as I can. I touch as little as I can. I don't grab tree branches to move them out of the way. Like it'll look like I'm trying to like sneak through a maze when I'm going through because I don't want anything on me touching anything else other than my boot tracks and your boot tracks shouldn't have any scent on them. Um, you know, unless you've been leaving them in your truck or whatever, but that for me that I, I really take a lot of, uh, I don't know, I take some kind of like weird pleasure in that whole dance of trying to get out there. And then the same thing coming out, which is always more difficult, especially if you're doing it in the dark and you're tired and whatnot. But the way that you go in and out might not always be the same, especially if the wind shifts or something like that, or you know that the deer are in a different spot now, mm -hmm. you might leave a different way than you, than you came in. And so that's all part of the dance too. And it's just like all those little considerations, um, the, the longer you can hunt any given property where you're doing the dance and they have no idea that you're there, your odds of success are going to go up exponentially. Forget about technology. Forget about all the other tools that we have at our advantage. Your best, your best secret weapon is for them to never know of your existence, at least outside of normal activity. If you're on a farm, they're going to be used to some, some farm activity and stuff like that. And they're going to, they'll be used to certain scent. I believe they can even identify individuals personally. Like if they smell a farmer or they smell you, they're going to know that you're not the dude who's out there working on the field five days a week. That's true. I think, I think they've got it down that, that path. Or if you're walking through somewhere, they're going to know your the smell of your boot track versus his. I firmly believe they know those differences. So just operate like a freaking ghost and just dance through there as, as best you can. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a look in the mind of Josh Dalkey. <laughs> glad you didn't open up any of those locked doors. Oh, no. No, that, those are all great things to think about. And I think that's a great segue in close to this series because we kind of took all the different puzzle pieces of Hunt Stand and put them together. And at the end of the day, it, it hunt stand is there to help you from a macro level and getting down to a micro level in some aspects, if you will. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like how we talked about with that whole wind situation in the back is like, yes, you may have that dominant wind that's blowing in that location, but you can have all these different variables that you as the hunter have to figure out and essentially kind of get primal with it, if you will. But at the end of the day, great tool to have in your pocket. Josh, you got any final parting wisdom for the listeners out there? 
Aim small, miss small, I guess. At this point, just a matter of getting one in your sights and, and making the shot. True words. True words, man. Well, appreciate your time in over these past few weeks discussing all this and helping folks out there, if they haven't already, understand hunt stand a little bit better and just getting into some of the nuts and bolts of it all. All right, y'all, there you go. We wrapped up six weeks of talking about nothing but hunt stand and strategies, tips, tactics, and hopefully you were able to pick something up off of this, apply it to your strategy this fall and get a big buck down on the ground. And remember y'all, if you haven't yet, update the Hunston app so that way you can have all the new updates that I spoke about earlier from cellular camera integration, the navigational tools, compass, all of that that we have updated. So again, y'all, thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode, Field Note Fridays, powered by Yamaha Outdoors, and we'll see you on the next one. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chase in the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. In wild country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss wild country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.